on this uh, September 15th, 2020, about 11.47 in the morning, was left the morning. Thank God for the opportunity. Thank God for life, health, and strength. And for you another opportunity to be alive as the world continues to get worse, unfortunately. Pray for those in Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana. Uh, for the approaching storm, Hurricane Sally. Hurricane Sally, which is moving only at two miles an hour. So they're not going to really start feeling the rains, they say, until like tomorrow. Tonight, tomorrow, and it's already kicking up on the shore. So this is going to be a long event. <clears throat> Pray that people's lives are saved and their homes are saved. Because Lord knows this has been some year. I think we all can attest to that. Alright, the name of today's uh, episode is called Red. R-E-D. Red. And, uh, I'll get right into it. Red. It's a bold color, isn't it? It gets one's attention. Whether it's a stop sign or when an account is negative, it's said to be in the red. And whoever decided to put the words of Christ in red originally should be considered smart. And they might have been spiritually led to do so. The words of Christ in red help separate the text from what Jesus says in the word. Seems like a way to get folks to pay attention to his words. But as a whole, the word doesn't care if those words were in yellow or blue or purple or pink. The words of Christ say things like this. Like St. John chapter 14, verse 1. LC. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Then St. Luke. Then St. Luke, Jesus says, St. Luke chapter 12, verses 51 to 52. And then LC. It says, Do you think I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I have come to divide people against each other. From now on, families will be split apart. Three in favor of me and two against. Well, two in favor of me and three against. Now, that's quite a contrast, right? If we have to take the words of Jesus seriously, it's not all St. John 14 and 1. You know, he said, don't let your heart be trolled, trust in God, it's also in me. That's good encouragement. Because the way we're things going now, next year, between coronavirus and uh, the hurricanes, or the weather in general, the wildfires, between all that, he still said, don't let your heart be troubled. If you trust in God, trust also in me. And then he turns around saying, Luke, 
to the 12, 51, 52. And it says, do not think I, I have come to bring peace to the earth. A lot of people may think that. They say, oh, Jesus came to bring peace to the earth. He said, no. I've come to divide people against each other. So he said, why in the world would Jesus want to divide people? But it's a good kind of divide. Because listen to what he goes on to say. From now on, families will be split apart. That's not good. Listen, three in favor of me and two against. And sure enough, that's what's going on. Or two in favor of me and three against. You have people in the household that are sticking for Jesus, sticking for the gospel. Then they have the other set of people who say, oh, y'all crazy. Y'all religious fanatics. Y'all, y'all out of your mind. So that's what he came to do. He wants people to know it's not going to be the same old, same old anymore. There's only people who are going to believe in me, and that's going to cause division in the house. But that's all right anyhow. So quite a contrast between that and St. John 14 1. Now, there's two, I'll give you two more like them. Also, St. Luke chapter 12, verse 32. Now, I'll tell you. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. See, God wants us to have the kingdom. He wants us to make it. Then, St. Mark chapter 9, verse 43, from the LC, he says this. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter eternal life with only one hand than to go into the unquenchable fire of hell with two hands. See, same God wants to give you the kingdom, doesn't play with sin. And hell is real. And here's two more. And you've heard these before. For these two, you've probably heard before. St. John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 for the NLC. For this is how God loved the world. He gave one only Son, so that whoever, so that anyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent not his, his Son into the world to judge the world, but to save the world through him. You've probably heard that before. But then if we keep going, same thing, John chapter 3, next color verses, 18, 19, 20. That was 16, 17. Now we're going to do 18, 19, 20. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God, one and only son. And judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. So you see what's there? It's not all Skittles and ice cream. It's not advantageous to want to only hear Skittles and ice cream verses. We have to eat the whole book. Now, do you remember, remember this verse? St. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, when Jesus was in the wilderness, 
talking to the devil after he had fasted just from the NIV Jesus answered it is written man shall not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of God see every word not just the Skittles and ice cream verses but every word so the ones you don't like to hear you gotta take them and the ones you like to hear you gotta take them too which you won't mind taking but you have to take the whole thing <laughs> now 21st century thinking may, may be popular but it doesn't negate the Bible teaching so to make 21st century thinkers feel better they just dismiss the Bible altogether or try to amend it like the Constitution. The Constitution you can amend, but not the Bible. It didn't come from man, no matter what anybody tells you. God's words cannot be changed to suit us. That shows pride, blasphemy, and arrogance. The word of God was God breathed. God breathed on his word. God is the author, not man. I've been hearing that for years. Oh, man wrote the Bible. No, he didn't. Can no man sit down and write this if you ever read it? Impossible. Now, when a scary movie comes out about the amount of things, people, especially the makers of the said movie, feel that fourth dimension where demons dwell. Oh, that's just for fun and doesn't really exist because it's not logical. One dimensional would be drawing people as stick figures. The second dimension has no depth or width, only length. It's like drawing a line and then a second line that branches off from or or crosses the first line. So primarily it's just up and down lines. Now the third dimension is is where we live. We can see height depth, and width. The fourth dimension is the unseen world. If you believe it exists or you don't. Since there is a God and there is pure angels and there are demonic angels, there is a fourth dimension. Now Hollywood may think it's fake, but like I always say, just keep living. Since most three-dimensional beings don't pay attention to the fourth dimension, the wicked side of the fourth dimension has them right where they want them. Now, of course, it takes faith to believe in the fourth dimension because it's unseen. Now, people will call you crazy for believing in the unseen, but unconsciously, so do they. What do you mean? Well... People who say they don't believe in that stuff, they believe in the, they don't believe in what they can't see, or they believe in the wind, they believe in tomorrow, they believe they're gonna get older, they believe a chair is gonna hold them up once they sit down, they believe their car will start every time they start it up. And some people iron their clothes the night before they're scheduled to go to work. So you see, people unconsciously believe 
and what they can't see. And Jesus' words in red talk a lot about the fourth dimension. Why are we so long? St. Matthew chapter 25, verse 41 from the NLT. Then he, Jesus, will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and the angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and did not look after me. Now, Jesus knew what he was saying back then. Uh, let's start with, okay, I'll start with, I was hungry. I was hungry, you gave me nothing to eat. Shoot, people are hungry out there. Now, a lot of people are doing the food banks and all this, and they're feeding people meals on wheels and all that stuff. That's wonderful. But then there's people who don't care. Not everybody's doing that. There's people who still walk by, people who are hungry and don't really care about it. Same thing, I was thirsty, gave me nothing to drink, didn't care about me. I was a stranger, didn't invite me in. Now, of course, you have to be careful with that. I know that God is with you. You just don't open your door to anybody and say, oh yeah, come on in. But still, if you once you feel safe and you know a little and you know a little something, and you're letting the spirit of God lead you, you invite somebody in. Doesn't mean they have to stay with you for nine years, but you know, you can invite them in. He said, I need clothes, you did not clothe me. You saw me naked and you wouldn't give me no clothes. I was sick in the prison, he didn't look after me. And back then, you know, going to prison, people did that a lot. People even now, people even now go to prison to see their loved ones. And I, 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 I've only been, I have to admit, I've only been to prison one time, the ragged to see somebody. And boy, that, that's like going through, you gotta go through so much stuff before you can see them. But anyways, he used to saying, Look, I was sick in the prison. Didn't look after me. People in the hospital, I mean, people say, you know they're sick in the hospital? Go check them. Well, now it's a little harder, of course, with coronavirus, but she said, you know, you were doing all that stuff and you didn't do it. Now, the point I'm making is that Jesus did talk about <clears throat> the fourth dimension. Because you see, when we go back here, what did he say? To the people who didn't do those things, he said, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and the angels. So, right there, Jesus told about the fourth dimension. And there's another one, Job chapter 1, verse 6 to 7, from the NIV. This is God the Father, spoke at this time. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, From roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth in it. People said, Well, he, he was God. He knew what Satan was. Yeah, but that's for our edification. 
course I knew where he was, but that's for our education. So, once again, God is talking about the fourth dimension. He said, God, the angels, and Satan. There's your fourth dimension right there. Now, St. Luke chapter 11, verse 24 to 26, the NIV. There's another example. Jesus says, When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes to arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When they arise, it finds the house swept, clean, and put in order. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. So it's talking about um, a spirit being cast out of somebody. Those are Roman Catholic, it would be exorcism. Or anybody in any other religion that believes in exorcism. But Jesus is talking about a demon being cast out. It's just an impure spirit. What it does, because an impure spirit has to have a body to inhabit. It can't, it can't go around outside in the air. It has to have a body to inhabit. So in this case, this demon was cast out. And then he decides he's going to go back to where he just came out of. When he gets there, he finds it swept and put in order. So it's cleaned out, but Jesus didn't move in. Either yet, or he never will, because the person didn't invite him in. Nevertheless, he finds it clean. So, since Jesus ain't there, he goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than him. And then they go back in there and live there. So, when it was one demon before, and now it's eight. And the final condition, that person is worse than the first. See, if you don't get Jesus in there fast, you're subject to Satan's rule. Now, even though some Bibles don't have Jesus' words in red, the easiest separation, he still said what he said. And he expects obedience from his bride, from us, from the saints. So nevertheless, red is an intention getter. Red or not, though, obey Jesus in any words of moral living from the Old Testament, too. Okay, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 to 12. I'll read the, I guess I'll read this from the NIV. Just give me a second here. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 to 12. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses and the cloud and the sea. You know, the Red Sea. And when they were in the wilderness, they were under a cloud by day and the fire by night. So they were all baptized into Moses and the cloud and the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. See, the sun will always here. 
wasn't born on December 25th. The sun was always here. He's the essence of God. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. The bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things, on evil things as they did. Do not bear thousands as some of them were, as it's written. People sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality, as some of them did, and on one day, 23,000 of them died. Is that number? 23,000 of them died. We should not test Christ, as some of them did, and were killed by snakes. And do not grumble, as some of them did, and were killed by the destroying angel. So the whole point is, the Old Testament is important because it's there for examples for us not to make the same mistakes they made. So I'm not going to go through explaining all that thing because the whole point is if there's anything moral, anything you see in the Old Testament, don't throw it away. If it's moral, you got to follow it. It's there for our example. Now to do what they did. <clears throat> Now, could you imagine if the sky was fire engine red and not a piece of blue? God knows what he's doing. You think wildness and the murder rate increase and chaos is up now? You think that's just a coincidence? And all this is happening with a piece of blue sky. Who knows what people's emotions would be like the bright red sky all the time. However, let's get back to the words of grace. Whether it's written in red, green, fuchsia, purple, or black ink on a white page, or written down with white chalk on a blackboard. The key is obey him. Our lives depend on it. Yes, they do. Our lives depend on it. There's a lot of things going on now in the world, I have to tell you. You may say, this is some year. Things seem like they're falling apart. And if we don't turn back to God, they're going to keep going this way. Now, the pandemic is temporary, of course. But a lot of other things are not. You know, the murder rate going up, the storms, the weather... The global warming, the climate change, bad presidents. And don't think everything's going to be peachy keen if Biden gets in. Because it's not. It's just going to continue on a downward spiral. It's just going to be a different kind of chaos. That's all. Even if he gets eight years. I don't even know if the world's going to be around for eight more years. The way we're going. <clears throat> but nevertheless, red. Now, what color the words of Christ are in the Bible? Take heed to them, put them in your heart, and live it. Thank God for who he is. Thank God for what he has done, what he's doing now, and what he's going to do. Let's stay encouraged in the Lord. Because we're going to need him each and every day of our life. God bless you.